Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. I want to start this week with a question which has been posed to us time and again over recent months. What is happening in terms of growth projects in metals and mining given the strong free cash flow currently being generated? After all, this is typically a time in the cycle where miners press go on projects in the pipeline. And the simple answer is very little. We have seen some small to medium gold projects approved and this week has seen BHP finally commit to the Janssen Potash project. But there's next to nothing elsewhere. Even in copper, which is normally the darling of projects, aside from China Molly's expansion of Tinky Fugurubi in the DRC, nothing. The focus on shareholder return and capital discipline has held thus far, which naturally leads to the follow-up question, when will the current situation change? Realistically, the attitude of management and boards at mining companies is unlikely to alter until they get a signal from shareholders that it should. This is still an industry which is trying to win back the right to make growth decisions, having yielded capital destruction in the previous price upcycle, and at present, companies taking long-duration capex on the balance sheet are still being punished by shareholders. Taking a quick look at the capex budgets from the recent quarterly reporting, there has been some uplift in the total plan. We've raised it by about 4 to 5%, but the vast majority of this is from cost inflation rather than any additional growth. CapEx spending is still more likely to be focused on technological-driven gains at existing operations and on carbon mitigation. One area there's been a lot of debate around in recent times, including during a recent call with PRC Macro, is crude steel production cuts in China. To be clear, these are happening, and we're absolutely convicted that Chinese steel exports will be substantially lower during the second half of 2021 than seen over the year to date. Latest high-frequency data for Chinese crude steel output, which covers the first 10 days of August, shows production at CESA member mills dropped to the lowest since April 2020. Not only was this a 3% sequential decline, it's also down 5% year-on-year. And key provinces in China are now publicly committing to aggressive production reduction targets, backed by CESA itself, which has prepared a plan as to how the steel industry can decarbonise. Rapidly falling steel output is not a good thing for iron ore, however, hence the sharp drop in spot price seen over August to date. One data point which has caught our eye is a sudden build in iron ore ships sitting off the coast of China, which has doubled in recent weeks to over 120 vessels. Of course, this could be COVID-related, but equally may also be a sign that Chinese steel mills are saying they don't want to take delivery of material, at least without a price reduction. If it is the latter, there could be more downward pressure on iron ore over the next couple of weeks. One of the key pillars of China's push to decarbonise metals and mining is the offshoring, or as we term it, China Annex strategy. Chinese provincial leaders are not measured on scope 2 or scope 3 emissions, just energy consumed and carbon produced in the province. There is now widespread encouragement for firms to build Chinese-funded and majority-owned plants, shipping material into China, just physically located in a different country, usually one with raw materials available that China needs. If you want, this is the model used for Chinese nickel pig iron in recent years, albeit this was one where the Indonesian ore export ban forced the hand of Chinese stainless steel producers. We expect to see ferro-alloy capacity such as ferro-chrome and ferro-manganese shifted offshore relatively quickly. 
and Southeast Asian and East African countries are likely to see Chinese steel investment, while Indonesia looks to be a natural uh, location for offshore aluminium, albeit the reliance on coal-fired electricity has to be dealt with. Until these bills happen, we expect these markets to remain relatively tight, with Chinese capacity taken out and new capacity, replacement capacity, not available yet. However, when the capacity is up and running, we may yet see another wave of deflationary pressure across refined metal markets. To finish off this week, I'm recording this podcast from my home city of Glasgow, where I'm on vacation at present, and which in less than three months' time will host a very important COP26 climate summit. And as the countdown to that progresses, there will be more focus on the impact of the energy to materials transition, which is the key growth driver for many metals over the coming decade and beyond. And once again, I would note that while the past 20 years has been all been about demand growth in China, the energy transition and indeed the electric vehicle story are global thematics with all regions contributing, which in our view is a bit of a re-rating story for metals and mining as a whole. The usual suspects of copper, silver and the battery raw materials are naturally going to be in focus ahead of COP, but perhaps a big question over the coming months is whether uranium's potential role in clean energy gets more airtime. Unlike other energy materials such as oil and coal and gas, the uranium price has been heading south in recent weeks and we would also expect a bit more one-upmanship from major metals mining companies around emission reduction targets ahead of the summit. Thanks for listening. And as always, we're happy to discuss any questions you have about metals markets. Please do just get in touch directly and join me again to discuss more pertinent issues for the global industry in the next Metal Matters. Thanks for listening to Intune, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Intune on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. Or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more podcasts. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public dash disclosure.